Amen. Glory to God, everybody. Amen. You know, God is glorious. And when we get in his presence, we receive his glory. And all the angels in heaven say, glory, glory, hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Can't stop saying it. He's just so special and precious. I want to mention that the women are going to have a, uh, their first meeting after COVID, August 28th. We have a special guest speaker. Some of you know her, Sherry Reeve. She's a, a pastor of a church in Brea, and uh, she said she gets many invitations. She's a well-known speaker, very powerful in the word, but she said, I refused them all, but I took yours because you're family. So she's uh, going to come and bless us, Raina. She's going to bless us with a word from the Lord, and I think you women will be excited. It's going to be uh, August 28th from 9.30 to 11.30, going to have breakfast and fellowship in the word. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So uh, a couple of things I want to mention. Last week we had a really good uh, message that was viewed over 231 people viewed us last week. That's a, almost a record. That's not the best we've ever had, but it was very encouraging. And Bindi, who takes notes and actually does what we say, hallelujah, be a doer of the word, she liked the message on love your enemies. She said, I, I'm going to look and see if there's someone that I can, you know, maybe uh, warm up to. Maybe they're kind of borderline enemies. So she called her ex-husband. Hallelujah. Glory to God. She said, I haven't talked to him for about two years, but I said, I'm going to do those 12 steps. You know, I'm going to be, be kind, hold my tongue, be peaceable, all those things that you're supposed to do. And she said she had to give herself a pep talk before she called him. You know, sometimes you have to encourage yourself, you know, and... and, and be at peace. And so when she called him, they had a wonderful conversation. And at the end of it, he said, you know, I've got a 75-inch plasma, plasma TV. Uh, it's too big for my wall. Would you like it? And she said, yeah, well, how much you want to charge me for? She said, he said, no, it, it, I'll just give it to you. It's already paid for. I'll even send it to you. Come on, talk to me. This is good. She said, you know, I got to go find some other enemies that I can uh, go warm up to, you know. God is rewarding me for this. And then Sandra Batista, whom I mentioned just earlier, she actually lived the message last week. You know how we said when God, uh, or when man rejects you, God uh, redirects you? So she, she left a position. They said they didn't have enough money for her. So, she, you know, it's kind of devastating to get notice all of a sudden. But she started, you know, believing God for another door to open. And within a month, Come on, talk to me. God opened up not one door, but two doors that she can choose from. And the first door said, we're going to bless you more than what you were getting. All the benefits that you want. You can work from home. You can do all those things. And, and then they called her back and said, you know, I, uh, since you're going for your master's, we're going to give you another $10,000 on top of that. And, and we reevaluated you, and we're going to give you another $10,000 on top of that, too. So uh, God is in the business of blessing his people. Amen? So can I have a shout out from Sandra back there? Yeah! Praise God. Now some other good news is uh, Rudy Hermosillo, Gina's husband, is back home. Amen? After eight months in the hospital, he actually died for six minutes, came back, and I like, I like the picture they took of him. He just went, hey, I'm back. <laughs> like, no big deal. I just went up to heaven, came back. Good to see you all. And so he is regaining his strength. He'll be back at church. But he's a changed man. 
you know, he had to dig into the Word of God, and so he'll be here. Glad to hear that. Connie, uh, Jerry's mom, went home to be with the Lord. Amen. She skipped a step. She went straight up to heaven. Amen. At the age of 90, that's, that's good, to live a good, long life. And the testimony is that her kids love her, and she loves them. But they had to release her. You know, we all have to go home sometime, right? We can't live here forever. Thank God. <laughs> so she went home. She's got a new home and a new body. Amen? Hallelujah. Yeah. We can say amen to that, right? Turn in this old dusty thing and get a new body that will last forever. Glory to God. Amen? So we know that we ha- at the end of all this, at the end of all this mess, we'll be together with him forever. And each and every one of us will be together. And even the ones that we have gone before us. And we'll never be separated again. Amen? For how long? Forever, praise God. Well, let's pray. I have, a, I have another good message for us today. I'm excited to give it. I was practicing it all week, saying, Lord, help me. Help me just deliver it the way you want it to, to minister to the people. So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together to hear your word, to hear encouraging things that will uh, enlighten us and give us uh, cause to trust in you in the midst of troubles, that no fear will come near us because you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power love, and sound mind. So, Father, guide my heart and my mouth to speak your words. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said, amen. Amen. So the message today, I think, will really help us during these times. The title of the message is, I Will Fear No Evil. Isn't that good news? Now, all throughout the Bible, God told his people not to fear, not to be afraid, not to worry. But we, as a people, have a tendency to fear. Did you know that? But God doesn't want us to fear because that reduces his ability to work through our lives. If you're stuck in fear, you can't move out in his grace. When God appeared to Abraham, he told him in a vision, leave your father's house to a place where I have called you to, but don't be afraid because I am your great and exceeding reward. Amen? He's the same to us, right? When God told Moses to go to Pharaoh, he said, don't worry about him. I've already given him into your hand. Isn't that good news? And then he told Joshua, when they were going to go into the promised land, he said, be of good courage. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That promise is for him and for us. So we shouldn't be afraid. Amen? All throughout the Bible, through Genesis to Revelation, God is telling us time and time again, don't be afraid. But we as people have a tendency to fear, don't we? Now, it really all actually started in our childhood. You know, when you're growing up, you're afraid of the dark. You're afraid of monsters coming out of the closet, you know, coming under the bed, you know. Some people have to sleep with the light on. I remember when I saw Frankenstein as a kid, as a 9 or 10-year-old, I was scared. I thought, my Lord, you know, uh, Frankenstein is going to come and get me. He's going to walk down the hall past my parents, or he's going to be hiding in the closet. And I didn't understand, how could Frankenstein catch people? I mean, he, he walked like this, and then, oh, he grabbed you. Oh, oh, how did he do that? I mean, you could be an Olympic sprinter, but you could be as quick as a football player, but Frankenstein would get you. And I was afraid of Frank. For months, I was afraid of Frankenstein. Then as you get a little older, you're afraid of doctors and shots, right? You're afraid of 
dentists who climb into your mouth and do work on there. And, and then your parents, they bring fear into you. They say, uh, be careful when you cross the street so you won't get hit by a car. Like, oh, thanks a lot, Mom. Uh, be careful of strangers. Uh, make sure you have a coat on so you don't catch a cold. And then how many of you had this? Make sure you have a dime in your pocket. In case anything happens to you, you can call us. Have you, did your moms ever tell you that? No? Okay. Now, here's one that really floored me. Make sure you have clean underwear. I go, what are you talking about? She said, so, so I'm thinking to myself, if I go outside and I get hit by a car and I go to the hospital, I got that dime to call him and say, Mom, I'm in the hospital, and, and the nurses and doctors said I have clean underwear. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> but it grows. It grows. As you become a teenager, you have the fear of being rejected. You have the fear of being uh, not accepted or laughed at or viewed as weird. Amen? You remember those things? Remember those days? Then you go to college, and there's a whole new bunch of fears. You fear that you're not going to pass, pass your classes. You feel you're not going to graduate. You feel like you're not going to be able to get a job to support your family. Then the adult years come in, a whole bunch of new fears, financial fears, fears of never getting married, fears about what your children are doing, your marital concerns. Those don't go away no matter how old you get. And then as you get much older, like myself, there's the health and sickness fears. Oh, am I going to get sick? How am I going to live? How, what's going to happen to me? Then you got the retirement fears, and then the ever-present fear of death, right? These are all fears that we could have, but God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, <laughs> I, I, I looked up, the Lord said, look up some fears in the, in the, in the internet. Now, check this out. These are fears just beginning with A, and you go A through Z. Here's some fears. Fear of flying, fear of pain, fear of spaces and crowds, fear of needles, fear of riding in a car, fear of choking, fear of flowers, fear of people in society, fear of being touched, fear of not being touched. I mean, these, these, are, these are crazy things that people get afraid of. But we don't have that, right? So I want to present to you and suggest to you that in every stage of our life, we do have fears. There's more than enough reasons to wake up in the middle of the night and worry and be anxious about what we're facing. Is that true? Now, you might say, well, if I had enough money, these things wouldn't happen. Don't kid yourself. Don't think that people that have a lot of money lay down their head and don't have things that they're thinking about. How to keep their money, how to make more money. There are, how about that last deal that I made? Is that, am I going to get caught on that? But if the Lord is on your side, you don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about anything. You can just be at peace knowing that the Lord has your uh, life protected and covered. Amen? God doesn't want you to be afraid. God understands that the devil's greatest weapon against the people of faith is the induction of fear into their lives. God knows that we have the proclivity and the propensity to fear, to be anxious. Now, let's look at one of our patriarchs, King David, and let's look and see how he handled fear. Now, he, um, he, had, he had plenty of reason to fear. He was no novice to fear. He had plenty of opportunities to be afraid. He wasn't a rookie in this game. <laughs> he wasn't a new brother on the block. Look at what it says. Well, David had to stand against Goliath. That would bring you some fears, right? He was continually running from his life, 
from King Saul, hiding in the caves. He was thrown out of his own kingdom by his son Absalom. His other son uh, raped his daughter or his brother's uh, sister. He had a mess with Bathsheba that he had to straighten up and stand before God. He had uh, to battle with the Philistines always pursuing him. But look what he says in Psalms 27. It says, The Lord is my... Sh- oh, I'm sorry, 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. He said, who is, uh, David said, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, I am not going to be afraid. Now, come on, David. Let's look at the situation here. You got enemies all around you. You got trouble in your home. Your kingdom is not what it's supposed to be, and your life is in jeopardy. How can you say that you're not afraid? Well, when I look at those things, and I look at my life, I go, I got a maid. You know, I got nobody knocking on my door, nobody trying to kill me, nobody persecuting me. I'm safe. But do you know why he could say, I'm not afraid? Anybody know? It's because he said, he is my light and my salvation. What does that mean? That means God is light, and in, in him is no darkness. Light brings about a vision. Darkness, when you're in darkness, you don't know where you're going. You don't know who's coming against you. You don't know uh, what you're facing. But God said, I am your light. Praise God. Now, that's important because in darkness, you can be afraid. In darkness, you don't know who's around the corner. In darkness, you don't know who's got it out for you. You you ever have people, you know, like the IRS will call you or send you a notice? Like, what are you bothering me for? Uh, in darkness, you don't know what you're supposed to do. In darkness, you don't know where the help is going to come from. But all you need to know is you have a little bit of light. Now, let me uh, give you a, an example that you can catch on to this. I, I heard this, this story about this minister. And he was uh, with his father, and they went to go visit their grandmother. And it's a windy road to get to her house. And what happened is they stayed a little bit too late, and what happened was when they were coming back, it was dark, pitch dark. And if you've ever been in the country when it's pitch dark, you can't see anything. You, can't, you barely see your hand in front of you. And so he told his dad, Dad, why don't we just stay over here, stay overnight, and in the morning we'll go back home. He said, no, we've got to get back home, son. Okay, so they got in the car, and he was ripping and roaring through the windy road in the dark. And the son said, Dad, shouldn't we slow down a little bit? He said, son, I know this road. I've walked this road many times. I've driven tractors down this road. I've driven horses down this road. I've rented cars down this road. You may not know where the bend in the road is. You may not know where the turns are, but dad knows. So you don't have to know, but I'll show you. What am I here to tell you? You don't, know, uh, you don't know which way you're supposed to go. God is looking at you. He knows the road that you're on. He knows the bends, the turns. He will guide and direct you to the place where you're supposed to go. Amen? There's a good place to say amen on that one. <laughs> so David is saying, I know my God is able. I know my God is great. I know my God is mighty and my God is sovereign. My God is loving and my God is omnipotent. Is there anybody who knows that God is too big for you to worry about anything. 
You, you, you can't be worried. He is your light and your salvation. He is your strength. With him, you, you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Without him, you're lost. That's the chance to be worried. So if you know who God is and who he is to you, you don't have to worry. I mean, that's good right there, but we're going to keep on going. <laughs> the second thing God says is in the next two verses. You ready for this? When the wicked came against me to eat my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. The next verse, in verse 3, says, Though an army may encamp around about me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, this I will be confident. In this what? In the fact that the Lord is my light and my salvation. He's going to be confident. So the first thing you have to know is that the Lord is with you. You have to know who he is. You know, he didn't say, I know God's going to deliver me. I know God's going to show me how. I know God's going to show me when. He just says, I know God. Ha! You, you, you trust in him. He's the one that's going to make it come to pass. Trust and be in, in fellowship with him. So in this verse, it says, I won't be afraid. I'll be confident. What is, what's going on in the world doesn't matter as long as you're confident. You don't care who stands against you. You don't care what the doctor says. You don't care what they say on the job. You don't care what's going on with your family. All you need to know that God is on your side. And you'll be confident. What, what does confident mean? Confident means to be secure. It means to be uh, bold. It means to not be worried about things. It's like keeping your head up high and walking as if you know God's going to do something good in your life. Amen? We used to say it in school, put... You know, you got to put more hip in your dip, put more cut in your strut, and more glide in your stride. You, David said, watch me walk. Watch me walk in this world. I'm not afraid of what's happening to me. I'm not afraid of the Philistines. I'm not afraid of King Saul. I'm not afraid that my kingdom has, has been ripped from me. I know my God has called me for a certain plan and purpose, and I'm going to fulfill it. Praise God. Amen. Now, um, David said, I have reason to be confident. You know why he had reason to be confident? Let's look at, uh, look at the back, uh, uh, back to slide 46. Because in verse number two, David testifies about something that has already happened. With my enemies, they came upon me to eat of my flesh. But what happened to them? They stumbled and fell. He's already done and made a confident prediction that what God has done in the past, he's going to do in the future. Amen? <laughs> Look at what God has done for you. Okay. Now, now we're into something new. Do you think God's going to change his way? No. no. It's called a logical uh, conclusion. It's a prediction based on premise of the premise of what he's already done. Now, let me show you the pattern in slide 48. 48. It says... If I say these numbers, 2, 4, 6, what's the next number? Well, what makes you say 8? The pattern. It could have been 150, but no, the pattern says, <laughs> the way I've been going, 2, 4, 6, of course the natural number is 8. If God's been protecting you and taking care of you all this time, is he all of a sudden going to drop off and now all of a sudden not help you or protect you? No. Look at the pattern. It's a logical conclusion. What God has done in the past, he will continue to do in the future. So we don't have to worry. Can I get an amen? amen? Okay, so first thing is, know who God is to you. Second thing is, 
Be confident. Hold your head up high. Have some backbone in your back. Amen? Have some confidence to know that God is going to work. You know, what did Oral Roberts say? Something good is going to happen for you. That's what I go to the mailbox and I say, okay, who, who's going to bless me today? Amen? The phone rings. Okay, who's going to call me and give me a blessing? Amen? So the third thing is, one thing, he says this, after all that I've said, he says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in his presence, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He said, no matter what's happening, one thing, say one thing, one thing I have desired, I got to go meet you. I, I got to go spend time in your presence. And, and he says, that's what I have desired. That's what I request. If I can be in the presence of the Lord, all these things will fade away. What's David saying? He's saying, the presence of the Lord is better than the absence of trouble. He said, I, if I'm in trouble, but I'm in the presence of the Lord, I know he's going to work everything out. So whenever you get concerned about things, what do you do? You go into the secret place. You go into a place where you can talk to God and speak to him and tell him your concerns. And what does the Bible says? He cares for us. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for us. And it's nice to be comforted by the Lord. Nice to have the Holy Spirit speak to you. The Bible says that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and that's the Holy Spirit. He knows what you're going through. He, he knows what you're facing. He's there to help you. He's there to talk to you and encourage you and show you things that you're supposed to do. So, so how do we relate? When enemies are coming against you, what do you do? I desire the Lord. When people are coming against you, I desire the Lord. When situations come against you, I desire the Lord. When stress starts to come upon you, you say, wait a minute. Let me step back. <laughs> Go see my Lord and talk to him. When pressure gets too much for you to take, step back. Okay, Lord, what do I do in this situation? When you have conflict, in family members or in, uh, you, with your employment, what do you do? Lord, help me. And you're going to find this is, this is going to be good, this next part. But the one thing you do is seek his presence. Far from the buzz of this world, I will seek him. When the world is crashing in on you, when you don't know what you're going to do, when you don't know where your next dime is going to be, come from, seek the Lord. Now, now you have to know everything's going to turn out for your good. So here's the part I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Is slide 50 goes, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Ooh, I like that so much. Hide, hide. Do you have to, sometimes don't you have to be hidden from things? When people are coming after you, when your boss is mad at you or whatever, hide, you know, when you send the paperwork in, ooh, Lord, just let that go, go through, okay? Just hide me, amen? <laughs> hide me, hide, hide, the definition of hide is, um, is uh, uh, let me find it here. It, it means something that is protecting you because you don't know what to do. And he continues on this. He, he, he doesn't just stop with, with one hide. Look what it says here. He says, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me upon a rock in the midst of everything that's happening. God said, I'm going to hide you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to put my arms around you. I'm not going to let anybody hurt you. Amen. You're going to keep your job or he'll give you a better job. He's going to keep your marriage. He's going to keep your kids, you know, uh, saved. Amen. Yeah. You don't have to worry. 
Keep your trust in him. The Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, right? So slide 51 says, David says that since the Lord hid me in trouble, and since the Lord kept me from fear, I will rejoice. I will sing praises when I get to the tabernacle. When I get to the house of God, I won't act like God hasn't done anything for me. If you've been there and you've seen God help you and, and do things for you, when you come into the house of the sanctuary, house in the sanctuary, David said, don't just sit there. Don't just act like God hasn't done anything for you. Rejoice. Sing praises unto him. Thank him for all that he has done. Because when you do that, he's going to do more for you. Is that not right? So if you have a chance that you want to fear, you got to take some Psalms 27. You got to take a little dose of he is my refuge and my strength. He is my hope in everything that I'm doing. I shall not fear what comes against me. I don't care what comes my way. I know and I can predict. I can make a forecast and a calculated uh, uh, prediction that God is going to work for my good. Amen? Yes. Amen. How many of you need that today? To know that God is going to protect you. He's going to watch over you. So, in slide 52, it says, I know, here's the four things that you got to know. you got to know that God, you got to know who God is. Is, is he all-powerful? Is he all-knowing? Is, is he able to do great things that you couldn't do? I know the, the one time uh, my wife and I, we experienced a fear. We were working at a church. And uh, we were there for 18, I was there for 18 years. And I served under a pastor who was a very nice pastor. He loved us. He took us on trips. We went everywhere. And then he left and a new pastor came in and it wasn't so good. <laughs> we didn't see eye to eye, but we put up with each other, okay, <laughs> if I could say it that way. And he, he recognized I had a gift and he could preach. And he was nice when he preached, but when he came down, he wasn't so nice. Have you, anybody known people like that? They said he should probably just keep his pulpit with him wherever he goes. No. <laughs> so my wife uh, was his secretary. I was the administrator. And she said, you know, Pastor, you preach wonderful. I, it's so good to hear you preach. But in the meetings and everything, you're just kind of hard on people. And it just kind of rubs them the wrong way. And so he just listened. Mm -hmm. So after she left, he came over to my office and he goes, you know what your wife said? And I said, yeah, that's kind of true. He goes, hmm, I think we're going to be having a going away party for you guys. <laughs> so within two weeks, hallelujah, we're out in Never Never Land, okay? <laughs> Not to know where or what we're going to do. Have, can you imagine losing two salaries in the same day? not knowing where you're going to go. I did this. I sought the Lord. I said, Lord, you call me to be, did you call me to be a pastor or not? And so I was looking in the Bible in Ephesians 4. It says these gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And that word pastor stood out. And I go, hmm, okay. So I am supposed to be a pastor. Now what do I do? And I heard someone say, whenever you need a job, just list a bunch of people that you know that may may have a influence with somebody else and so i've made a list of everybody that i've been in contact with over the years and i had one lady that was the secretary or not the secretary the receptionist and she said i know somebody over at apu 
and uh, they may be looking for a pastor. I go, really? So I called over there. Sure enough, they liked us. We came in. We moved on the premises. We were the assistant pastor there for three years. God provided a place for us. I didn't, I didn't fear. Why? God had already called me to be a pastor, and I had to rest assured of that. What has God called you? To be a mother, to be a worker in the, in the ministry, to be a, a worker on your job. You, what God, where God has placed you, they can't take it away from you. You just have to believe that he's going to protect you and do those things that are good. So you have to know who God is, be confident in him, seek his presence, and know he will hide you in times of trouble. Amen. Isn't that good news? Now, to sum it all up, in one sentence, Psalms 34, verse 4 says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. Amen? Can you guys say that? In Hebrews it says, The Lord is my helper, helper. I, I will not fear what man can do unto me. So I'm trying to drive out that fear if you have fear of anything. Know that God is with you. He's on your side. He's going to help you. Be confident. Be strong in the Lord. Seek his face and know that he will work it out for your good. Amen? Let's just bow our heads and pray. Well, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you give us encouragement to know that you are the Lord who is our helper, that we don't have to fear anything because we have you on our side. We give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor for all that you're doing in our lives. And so, Father, those of you that are here, those of you that are listening to my voice, just receive in your heart the Spirit of the Lord to overcome any fear that you may be facing, any situation that might be plaguing you, things that keep you up at night. No, you don't have to worry about it. God is on your side. So, Father, I thank you for your Spirit to minister to your people that they will receive all that you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray. And all agreed said, amen. amen. Now, for those of you that are home, if you have never accepted the Lord, we want to pray a prayer of salvation. So repeat after me. Father, I thank you for Jesus. He died on the cross, paid the price for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart, be Lord of my life, and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are home and you said, you know what, I'm not that close to the Lord anymore. Maybe sin has separated you. Maybe just being lackadaisical or just not disciplining yourself. Just pray this prayer. Father, I want to come back to you. I want to be in sweet fellowship with you. Lord, receive me into your arms. Be Lord of my life, every day of my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.